Coming up on Locked On Dodgers, we're answering a bunch of your questions about the Dodgers, free agency, next year's plans, and a lot more. So let's get Locked On Dodgers. You are Locked On Dodgers, your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, Dodger fans. I am Jeff Snyder of Baseball Essential, and this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Vince and I are doing a split episode, a mailbag episode, so he will be with you for the second half of this show. I want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every day. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked On Dodgers. This is the daily podcast covering the Los Angeles Dodgers, bringing you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue. And as I mentioned, this is a mailbag episode. And so we we got a lot of questions from you guys on Twitter. We put out a call for questions uh, on Wednesday night after we were done recording yesterday's episode. And uh, we got a ton. And so more than one episode can handle. Uh, we don't want to just uh, you know speed through these things. We want to give them the time they deserve. So we're going to probably cover, I don't know, five or six of the questions today. And then you know, we'll do more. And I just want to let you know, anytime you have a question, like basically all off season, it's, it's mailbag time. So if you have a question, a topic you want us to address on the show, shoot us a message. You know, Vince is going to give you all the contact info at the end of the episode, but you know how to find us on social media or wherever else. So shoot us a message anytime you want, and we will get to it. Uh, and you know, this, uh, this was a really good one. We got a lot of good questions. So I'm going to jump right in and uh, I think I'm going to cover three questions and then I'll leave it to Vince to come in and, and handle a few on his own. So I'm going to start with uh, Sal Hernandez, our buddy Sal Hernandez at Sal Hernandez zero one on Twitter. He asks, do you think umpire skills, ball and strike calling are worse now or is bad ball and strike calling just more apparent now because of the strike zone box we see on the screen and other available data on umpire performance? That's a very good question, Sal. And, and, you know, I think Sal, Sal knows me pretty well, uh, knows that I have some strong feelings about umpires uh, this year it was very frustrating for me, especially at the beginning of the season. You remember the Dodgers, like for the first couple months of the season, they, they had below average umpiring performances in almost every game. Like it was really bad. I think it did even out some by the end of the season. Uh, but, but Sal, to answer your question, I do think that right now is probably the best umpires have ever been because they have all that data. They get graded and they can look back and they can actually make efforts to improve. Now, the kicker is I don't think all of them do make efforts to improve. I think there are some umpires who have been doing this for a long time and don't see much incentive to change the way they do it. And because of that, I think, uh, I don't think it's a coincidence that the older, more senior umpires also tend to grade worse on strike zone stuff. I, I think, you know, to use one example, now that he's retired, so, you know, whatever, Joe West has no incentive to try to be better. He is who he is. Uh, he knew he was retiring, you know, and, and he knew there was nothing they could do about him anyway. Uh, so, you know, he had no incentive to get better and not even just incentive. It's hard to change that way, you know, to tell somebody, hey, you know how you've been doing this job for 30 years? Well, now we have new data 
and we want you to change the way you do it. And by the way, you're also older and fatter than you've ever been. Uh, and I don't mean that in the negative way, speaking as someone who is older and fatter than he's ever been, uh, it's not that easy to change the way you do things, especially a physical job, like getting in the right position to call balls and strikes. You know, uh, it, it, it is silly to me. Uh, Sal also asked it, about the electronic strikes. I don't know if I think it's coming soon. And I do uh, not next year. That was one of the things Sal threw out. I don't think it'll be in this new CBA, but I do think the electronic strike zone is coming. And, and I think that's good because uh, if, if we were designing the game right now and saying, okay, who should decide if it's a ball or a strike? I think the last person we would guess would be maybe the guy uh, who's old and overweight and has his view obscured by a large man in catcher's gear. Uh, let's have him call it balls and strikes. Since we have the technology, you know, the technology may not be ready yet. That, I think that's the only thing we're waiting on is once the technology is ready, then yeah, I think we're going to robot ops for calling balls and strikes. And sooner the better, as far as I'm concerned, uh, I watch baseball for the human element of the players. I don't need human element from my umpires. So, but I do think umpires are better than they've ever been. Sal, uh, going back to your original question. And I do think that we, we just recognize their flaws more because of the box on the, on the screen and all the data that's available after the fact, you know, and, and every once in a while you'll see a game where for whatever reason, the strike zone box isn't showing up and you realize, wow, it, I don't know for sure if that was, I, I still have a general idea of what's a good pitch, but without that box there, we don't know exactly. My dad, I know, hates having the strike zone box uh, on, on the screen. And I think that's coming from a point of view of a former umpire, which is what my dad is. And, uh, you know, where everybody except the umpire can see that box and, and recognize when the umpire messed up. So I think that's most of what it is. I think they are better than they've ever been. But the fact that the technology exists to show us that when they're making mistakes, we ought to be using that technology to stop them from making mistakes. Um, next question comes from uh, Kevin at Blue Goon 82. Good old Kevin. Uh, Kevin and I, we, we go back and forth sometimes. We, uh, I'm not going to bring up Jock Peterson uh, right now, Kevin, just, you know, just for your sake. Uh, anyway, uh, but Kevin asks, it's obvious that the rotation needs some help. Outside of re-signing our own guys in Scherzer and Kershaw, who else is on your radar? And he lists Stroman, Syndergaard, and Gossman as possibilities. Um, I am intrigued by Noah Syndergaard, extremely intrigued by Noah Syndergaard. He's never been able to stay healthy, but he's also played his whole career for the Mets and nobody on the Mets can ever stay healthy. And so it makes me think, what if Noah Syndergaard was in a better organization? Now, I know the Dodgers had some health issues this year, but the Dodgers are not notorious for injuring their pitchers the way that the Mets are. And so you know, if the Dodgers, if Syndergaard came with the Dodgers, if they could harness some of that, you know, he's got great stuff. And I assume that he will continue to have great stuff. Who knows? But, uh, you know, I, I'm intrigued by the idea of Noah Syndergaard. I, it's hard when, when you actually need help, he's the kind of guy you take a flyer on, uh, and you know, you can't sign him and think, okay, we can pencil him in for 30 starts because you, you just don't know what you're going to get. But he is one of those guys that, if he did, uh, if they sign him and he did work out, it would be awesome. It would, you know, he's talent wise, he's a Cy Young contender, you know? And so, uh, I'm intrigued by that. Kevin Gosman is intriguing to me too. He, he struggled in the second half of last season. I don't think it was sticky stuff related because, uh, I don't, I don't get any impression that, I mean, he, he's a big changeup guy. Uh, 
So I, I don't think sticky stuff affected him as much. And so I think there's probably some things the Dodgers could do uh, to help him regain that first half of 2021 form. Uh, and, and I think I like Kevin Gosman. He's a good pitcher. And, uh, you know, him coming in a situation where having Bueller and Julio and, you know, maybe Kershaw and or Scherzer. So Gosman does, doesn't have to be, you know, the man, I, I think might be good for him. Marcus Stroman is a little different for me. I don't know how I feel about him. Like uh, I've never, I, I don't know. I've always been skeptical of him. Even when he's been really good, I've always thought, well, but how and why? You know, nothing about his underlying numbers or peripherals or spin rates or anything jumps out at me as like, oh, that's why this guy's so good. And so I'm a little more skeptical about him. Beyond that, you know, I, I think there's plenty of starting pitchers out there, and it depends on the route the Dodgers want to go. You know, they've got guys in the minors. If they want to go with a six-man rotation, like I've suggested in the past, you know, a few different things. So their approach to pitching is going to kind of determine – who they are going to go after. And so it's hard to know, but uh, just among those three that you mentioned, Kevin, I am very intrigued by Syndergaard, kind of intrigued by Gosman, and not overly intrigued by Marcus Stroman. Uh, so with that, I'm going to take a quick break. I'm going to talk to you about Bill Bar for a second. But first, I want to thank you for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every day. Uh, we really appreciate it, and we hope you will continue to do that. And now let's talk about Bill Bar. As you can tell by looking at me, I love Thanksgiving. All those food, good food, treats, plenty of food, but sometimes you might want something that is delicious, but not so full of calories and sugar. And that makes Thanksgiving time the perfect time for Built Bars. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and you can feel good about it. One slice of pie has over 300 calories and that's on the low end. Most Built Bars have about 130, 140 calories, four or five grams of sugar and plenty of protein. You can replace coconut cream pie with a coconut Built Bar. Or go for a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. They're all low calorie, low carb, low fat, high protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built bar is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go for a built bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings. It'll make things less awkward. Maybe your Aunt Betty hasn't tried built bar yet. You can introduce her to it. New surprises are coming all month at Built.com. Limited time flavors uh, arriving regularly. So check the site, Built.com, very often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. And now we'll jump back in the mailbag after I thank you one more time for making Locked on Dodgers, your first listen every day. Uh, we really appreciate it. Hope you'll continue to do that. Hope you will tell your friends and family who love the Dodgers as much as you do. We are here all off season long talking Dodgers as much as we always do. It's just a little different because there aren't games to talk about. Last question I'm going to cover before Vince comes in and, and does a few of his own comes from at section 951 on Twitter. I would say his name, his or her name, but it's in uh, written in a language I don't understand. Uh, characters that I don't recognize. So, uh, but his or her question is, do you think it makes sense to bring another lefty specialist to solidify our bullpen during the offseason? If so, who would you want to bring in? Alex Vesey has been great, but I personally would love to have another arm. I do think that the Dodgers will have, you know, another left-handed arm or two in the bullpen next year, but I don't necessarily know that they need to go out and get anybody. Nobody on the free agent market jumps out at me as being super exciting. And what the Dodgers do have, they have Caleb Ferguson coming back from Tommy John surgery. 
presumably. I haven't heard much about Ferguson at all this year, but uh, you know, timeline wise, after his Tommy Tommy John surgery, he should be back next year. And he he had gotten really good. So I think there's a lot of potential for him to be solid. Garrett Clevenger, I think they have some expectations for Clevenger. He had some really good moments this year. And I think with the full season in the in the Dodgers system, a full off season, you know, I think there is a lot of potential for Clevenger to be solid. And then there's Victor Gonzalez, who was really he really struggled in 2021 after being really surprisingly good, like make me eat my shoe good in 2020. And I, I still think there's potential for Victor Gonzalez. And so, you know, that's that's four guys. You know, those three guys in Vesia, that's four guys that you can really look at and say, wow, there's a lot of potential here for lefties. You know, you don't necessarily need more than that. And so, you know, I'm not saying they're just going to roll with those four guys, but I'm saying I don't think they – I don't think it's a huge priority for them to go out and add more lefties just because of what they have in-house. And there's there's other guys I'm sure that I'm not even thinking of right now. You know, Scott Alexander still exists as far as I know. Uh, you know, so there's other options, uh, guys who, who might be able to fill that role. And I expect that what we're going to see in 2021 is a lot of what we saw in 2020 of guys going up and down. You know, Alex Vesia wasn't the man early in the season, and then he was late in the season. You know, Victor Gonzalez was on the roster at the early season and we didn't see him for the last few months. So we're going to see a lot of that back and forth. Uh, but I think what the Dodgers are going to do is rely on mostly what they have, just because building a bullpen is hard to do through free agency or even through trades because because relievers are so fickle. What, what's the word? Fickle is not quite the word I'm looking for, uh, but they're not dependable. You can't trust a guy to be good next year just because he was good last year uh, as far as relievers go. And so, you know, we, we've seen it with Brad Hand. Brad Hand was, you know, last year the the Indians non-tendered him, I think, or declined his option or whatever. And everybody's like, wow, only 10 million bucks, you could get Brad Hand. And then nobody signed it or nobody claimed him. Uh, and then somebody signed him and he was bad and he got traded and he was bad. And you know, it's like Brad Hand a couple of years ago was one of the best relievers in baseball. Andrew Miller was lights out as recently as like four, three or four years ago. And now he's like an afterthought on, in a bad bullpen. And so, you know, relievers, the reason that Mariano Rivera is so special, the reason he was unanimous Hall of Fame selection is because he was so unique and that he did it every year. You know, people always talk about, I, I don't know why I brought up Mariano Rivera, just uh, he's my my kind of go-to source for, for, uh, talk of of relievers in general because people will say oh look craig kimbrell in his prime he was mariano rivera he was better than mariano rivera and i'm like yeah a lot of people have been better than mariano rivera for a year or two the thing about rivera is that he was very very good for 20 years you know and that's what doesn't happen you know craig kimbrell uh he was really good and then he was really bad and then he was really good again and then he got traded to the white Sox and was really bad again you know it, it's like every reliever you can think of has had those stretches where it's like, oh, is this guy still good or has he lost it? And sometimes they regain it. You know, Kenley Jansen regains some of it. Who knows what Kenley's going to look like next year? So that's all to say that, you know, the Dodgers can't just say, oh, this, you know, reliever X on whatever team was really good this year. So we're going to target him in a trade. You know, that's buying high on a reliever who may or may not actually be good next year. And that's not the Dodgers style. You know, if somebody, I, I haven't dug deep, uh, into the overall free agent list this year of who's free agents. So there may be somebody I'm not thinking of who on the free agent market who does make sense. But for the most part, when it comes to lefty relievers for the Dodgers, I think they have a lot of in-house options 
to go along with the righties. You know, they have plenty of righties who can get lefties out. If, if they re-sign Corey Knievel, he's a guy who's a righty, but can get lefties out. You know, a lot of guys like that. So, uh, you know, all in all, I think the bullpen, you know, other than re-signing some of their existing guys, I don't know that the bullpen is actually a big question mark for the Dodgers going into the offseason. You can never have too many relievers, and they're aware of that. But overall, I, I don't think it's going to be a big focus necessarily. So I think that's going to do it for me. Vince is going to come in, answer a few more of your questions. And like I said, we got too many to cover in one episode, so we will have uh, we'll save some of these. We'll do another mailbag episode early next week probably. And uh, feel free to keep on sending in those messages, those questions, comments, anytime you want at all our social media or email or phone number that Vince will give you all that information at the end of the episode. Thank you again for making Locked on Dodgers your first listen every day. I appreciate it. Vince appreciates it. And I know that your friends and family would appreciate it if you told them about us. And, uh, you know, we can all be friends that way together, talking Dodgers all off season. That's going to do it for me. And Vince will be along in a minute. Bet online is back and better than ever, just in time for the start of basketball season. They've got a brand new web interface that has more props, more odds, and more lines than ever before. And Bet Online still is your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Make a little money, make a little extra money for uh, this upcoming holiday season. You know, go bet on some teams, go, go, you know, make some parlays, go, you know, do some other stuff, go, go have some fun. And right now you can get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online with the promo code locked on. That's locked on promo code, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit at Bet Online. Check it out on your laptop or mobile device today. From basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Yo, 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 Vince here from Chavez Ravine Fiends and going to take us the rest of this way for this episode. Uh, I got three questions picked out that I'll have. We still have a, a lot more questions that we'll get into next week. Uh, and you guys can always submit questions to us wherever you want on social media or email or all that good stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll make sure to, to remind you where you can do all that later in the show. Uh, but let's hop right into it. Let's get into a question from Johnny at JD234218. Is next year going to be a step back year? Um, I guess in the terms of do I think the Dodgers are, will win 106 games next year? As of right now, I would say no. Um, but that's with a lot of unknowns, obviously. That's with only having two real starting pitchers currently at, at the moment. That's without having Corey Seager and Chris Taylor. And not knowing, you know, the bench and everything else. Uh, but step back year, like I said, in, in terms of not winning 106 games, yeah, maybe a step back year in that sense. A step back year in terms of, you know, not winning 90 plus games, I don't think so. In terms of not expecting to be in the playoffs, I don't think so. Although, you know, the division being better is obviously going to make that harder. Um, the Padres finding a manager that can probably handle everything going on over there and Bob Melvin, very respected, very good manager. He's going to help out over there. They still have talent. The Giants, um, assuming that the guys that stepped up this year continue to be good next year, you know, losing Buster Posey is a big one, but uh, they'll, they'll have more than enough money to spend this offseason to improve other areas. They got Joey Bart, who could be good. I don't know. 
and and everything else. But then the D-backs and Rockies are, are still not going to be good. So I wouldn't call it a step back here. I'd call it's going to be a, an interesting trend, maybe not transition year. Uh, because like I said, I don't know. The, there's been some chatter in a couple articles that I've read that the Dodgers might be unusually active in the free agency this year. You know, maybe they'll go after – uh, multiple starting pitchers. They'll go after multiple position players. They'll, you know, look to spend a little more than they usually do. They don't have the minor league depth that they've had in, in recent years. Although they do, they might have a couple guys that can help them out in the infield this year with Michael Bush and, and maybe even Miguel Vargas, but they don't really have anyone that can help them out in that field. And we talked about a guy like Andrew McCutcheon on yesterday's episode. There'll be a few guys like that, that you know, maybe they spend a little bit more to go after and solidify the overall depth of the team, making, you know, kind of one through 40 on the 40-man roster, all people that can contribute where they didn't necessarily have that this year. They had to circle, circle guys through. Uh, and then they ended up with Steven Souza and Andy Burns taking pretty big at-bats in the NLCS, and I would imagine they try to avoid that. So I don't think it's going to be a step back here. I think it's going to be – you know, as of now, I don't I don't think the Dodgers have plans of peeling back and kind of letting things go. They still have I mean, you look at the roster, you still got right now you can trot out Max Muncy at first, Gavin Lux at second, Trey Turner at short, Justin Turner at third, Belly in center, Mookie in right, and Pollock in left with your catcher Will Smith. I mean, that's a that's all stars at still almost every position. Uh and you know, it's hard to say that, that that's not going to work. Um, you know, the starting pitching is obviously the big question mark right now, but I'm sure the Dodgers have plans to rectify that and, and get that ready and make sure it's ready for next year. So step back uh, in terms of losing, of, of winning 106 games next year, I don't think that's going to happen again, but you never know. Um, there, it's very early in last season. We really have no idea, but I don't think it's going to be a, a step back year. I think it's going to be a year where, you know, some guys have to step up in order to avoid a step back here, I guess. Uh, but I also expect Andrew Friedman to reinforce the team where he needs to do so. All right, next question is from Steven at RaiderFan8224. He says, would you welcome Bauer back? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't personally. I don't think the Dodgers will. I don't know that he has enough support in the locker room to bring him back. Even, you know, even if MLB's investigation, even if his, if his suspension is minimal, I don't, I think he's alienated himself from the team enough, or at least, you know, this general core for the Dodgers to not want to bring him back. I think they're going to operate this off season. Like the only two starting pitchers they have on the roster right now are Julio and Walker Bueller. I don't you know, whether it's, whether they're able to get out of the money uh, because of suspension or maybe a contract breach or whether they just end up eating the rest of the money they owe him. I don't expect Trevor Bauer to pitch for the Dodgers again. Um, I can't say for sure. I don't expect him to pitch in the major leagues again um, or even next year because I don't trust all the other teams. And, and even saying this, I don't trust the Dodgers a hundred percent to not bring Bauer back and let him pitch for the team again. But I got to imagine that, you know, guys in the locker room probably aren't his biggest fans. And even the ones that were his biggest fans, it's very hard to kind of justify saying, you know, we need to have this guy in the locker room. I, I don't think he brings enough on the mound anymore in order to justify, you know, maybe ruffling some feathers in the locker room. And, and what we've seen from the Dodgers is, for the most part, a pretty united and strong locker room. 
no real, you know, leaks of issues or leaks of malcontent players or anything like that. So I don't think uh, Bowers coming back. I personally would rather not ever see him pitch for the Dodgers again. And yeah, that's just the way it is. And uh, I think that's the way it's going to go. But it remains to be seen. You never know. Uh, last question I'm going to take is from Alejandro at Turbo Gato. He says, comments on Jock, please. I'm not entirely sure what comments on Jock he wants me to make. I will say that it was fun this postseason, you know, regardless of the Dodgers. It's still fun to see Jock and, and doing his thing and, and being Jock. Uh, I think he really stepped up his, his uh, you know, himself, his profile, his brand as in a national level this offseason or not this offseason, this postseason with the pearls and then we had him we saw him with the wine and then they had the Braves had the little wine club and then Jocks had a few uh in, not interesting but like funny quotes he said you know winning is fun or what he's learned from the previous World Series experience just to score more runs than the other team. I think Jock being Jock is not is the version of Manny being Manny that people would have liked with maybe not as much production. You know, Manny got away with a lot more because he was a lot more productive. Jock doesn't really have any issues like Manny had in terms of on-field stuff. He's just, uh, you know, an interesting character. And and in terms of comments on that, yeah, I, I you know, I, I'm always going to be a fan of Jock. And, and it was fun to see him, you know, build that brand and, and build his stardom, um, whether he, you know, he didn't, really hit too much after after the NLCS. He didn't hit in the World Series. He had the big home runs in the NLDS. He had the couple he had you know a couple big hits in the NLCS, but he's a productive guy in October. We, we we've known that October is a thing for a reason. And and you know props to him and salute to him and and you know congrats to him for for being back to back champion. In terms of comments on Jock maybe re, in regards to coming back to the Dodgers in, in 2022. I don't know. I don't know how he's feeling. Um, I know he, in that one, he, he mentioned that he would have been open to coming back to the Dodgers, but they kind of never really made him an offer. I'm not sure if that rubbed him the wrong way. You know, Andrew Friedman's kind of a straight shooter. Um, and, and while you might respect that, it doesn't mean that you want to, you know, you're clamoring to come back. You know, Jock was still hanging out with the guys before and then OCS around the cage and stuff like that. So he could, you know, he still has friends on this team and, and would still be welcome back. But I don't know if that's something, you know, is Andrew Friedman going to call him? I don't think Jock's agents are going to call the Dodgers. And would he fill a role? Yeah, he definitely fill a role. Obviously, we saw that he, that he learned last year that he, he maybe can't be an everyday player. Or if he is, it has to be for a bad team. And, you know, even on the Cubs, they weren't a good team. And he wasn't even an everyday player. Went to the Braves. You know, wasn't an everyday player there, but contributed where he, where he was needed. And there's still a, a role out there in left field to, to maybe put to him with, with AJ Pollock, even though Pollock did hit better against right-handers last year, you know, uh, I would imagine that you, know, you can move Jock around, especially if you have the DH, you know, you can get Jock in there a lot more um, against right-handed pitching. You know, Turner's another one that they've mentioned, or Justin Turner has a guy that can play DH. So yeah, if the DH is available and the Dodgers end up kind of, looking for an outfielder or a slugger. I do think they, they make a call to Jock. I don't know if Jock wants to come back. I don't know if, you know, what he's looking for incentive-wise, contract-wise, or playing time-wise. 
Um, but I would imagine that the door is not closed for, for Jack Peterson reunion in L.A. And at this point, I, w- I wouldn't say no to it, um, considering the fact that we know what he can do in the regular season and we know what he can do in the postseason. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you all for submitting your questions. We got a lot more questions, so we'll probably have a couple more episodes with questions next week. You can always submit your questions to us on any of the following ways. Twitter and Instagram, we are at LockedOnDodgers. Jeff is on Twitter at Snydog. I'm at Vince Samperio. Those DMs are always open. You can leave us a voicemail or send us a text at 323-863-5625, or you can always send us an email, LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com. Thank you for making us your first listen every morning. Make sure to make your second listen Locked On MLB with Paul Francis Sullivan, a.k.a. Sully. He brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's past and present. His podcast is free and available on all platforms. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be with us when you get in your car or if you're at home. Take your smart device play podcast, Locked On Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. Have a good one.